email marketing is the most effective online tool, in my personal opinion and my experience. DigitalMarketingRadio.com Would you like to start your own show? I'm thinking of developing an online video course teaching how to set up, produce and market your own show. If that might be of interest, dear listener, I would really appreciate if you'd take two minutes of your time to complete the questionnaire at startyourownshow.com. That's startyourownshow.com. The Big Interview with David Bain. How do you communicate in an era where people seem to respond less and less? How do you ensure that your marketing methods are as smart as possible? And can you still be creative in your digital marketing strategies when you're working as a freelancer? Those are just three of the questions that I intend to ask today's special guest, Elise Benin. Elise, welcome to DMR. Thank you, David. It's great to be here. Well, thank you very much indeed for joining me. Well, Elise is the founder of marketing-mentor.com, a national speaker and the author of seven books for the creatively self-employed and co-founder and host of the creative business track of How Design Live, an annual design conference. So Elise, as we approach 2015, how do you ensure that your marketing methods are as smart as possible? I think the simple answer is to have a plan Mm. because most people do not have a plan for their marketing. A lot of people don't do any marketing at all. They just take whatever comes along and call it word of mouth and think it's a really good thing. And other people who do some marketing do it in the context of a feast or famine syndrome. So in a very haphazard, random and almost bipolar way, if you will, a lot all at once and then none for a while. Right. Okay. So that's not great, obviously, for consistent business and um, I I guess keeping clients happy as well, because if you have to bring in business, then you can't spend too much of your time making sure that your your existing business um, is good and and your existing clients are happy. Exactly. And I think also the other thing that happens is when you're not keeping your pipeline full and having a lot of irons in the fire, you take whatever comes along because you don't know what else will be coming along. And those tend to be not such great clients in the first place. Right. Okay. Um, So is it really possible, though, for someone like a freelancer to be fairly creative and consistent with their digital marketing strategies? Absolutely. I think it's, uh, in fact, our marketing strategies are one of the places we can be the most creative because when you're working commercially, you have restrictions and parameters that are presented by the client, but not at all really when you're doing your own marketing. So you can definitely be creative. And I think that if you are efficient with it and if you are consistent with it, It's not like you have to do all that much. You just have to know what you're doing, know why you're doing it, be strategic about it, and do it consistently. Okay, so not do that much, but obviously do it consistently. Um, So if we're talking about someone who does just work for themselves, and they're probably um, either a freelancer or solopreneur, perhaps just with one or two virtual assistants, um, that kind of person, um, how much time would you say is appropriate to focus on marketing? 
My recommendation is a half an hour a day, every day. Every day, so every working day, right? Yes. Okay, and um, does that um, uh, also encompass um, publishing content, for instance, um, for a blog, for their website, or would that not be part of the marketing strategies that you have in mind? No, it could be, and it might take a little longer. I mean, a blog, in my opinion, is not the first marketing tool you use, although a lot of people, for some reason, think they need to have a blog. A newsletter is a very important tool because you push information out to the people you want to stay in touch with. And so if you had to choose, in fact, I wrote an article about this recently, if you had to choose between a newsletter and a blog, I would choose a newsletter. Okay, right. So does that mean that one of the first things that you should do as part of your marketing strategies is to set up some kind of opt-in opportunity so people could submit their email addresses and you can start building a database? Absolutely. The list of who you want to reach out to is one of the key tools. If you don't have a list, then it doesn't matter how wonderful or how much content you have. Okay, and um, what are a couple of ways that you actually advise to go about um, initially building this list? Well, networking both online and off is, in my opinion, one of the most important marketing tools. So networking offline, meaning in person, means not necessarily going to your local Chamber of Commerce meeting, but figuring out who exactly you want to work with and finding where they gather and going there and meeting them in person if possible. And that's one way to start collecting names of people and contact information to then add to your list and stay in touch with. And then online, there are lots of ways, but LinkedIn for business is really one of the most effective ways. So connecting with people online or posting in discussion groups, some of your content with a link to where people can sign up for it. Or more recently, they have a relatively new publishing option where you can post your own articles and then have people sign up for more. Okay, so networking offline, that's an interesting one, actually, because um, I guess a lot of um, um, maybe design professionals will actually just be thinking about online and perhaps um, um, forget about the opportunity of the outside world. Um, so if you do some networking events, if you uh, go to them and um, you start building up um, a, a few contacts, you've, you've got some business cards, um, is it um, all right then to put their names and addresses directly into um, your list? Um, or should you think about um, um, double opting them in? Should, should Is it important for them to actually confirm um, through a link that they receive to their email that they want to be part of your list? Well, there are laws about this and they're different in each country and in Canada, for example, they just recently put in a very stringent rule about who you can and cannot email. But I think you can get around all of that by definitely asking permission as you meet people in real time if you can stay in touch with them by email. I have a client who, as she exchanges business cards with someone, literally says, and I'm going to send you my email newsletter. Is that okay? And they never say no. Right. Okay. Um, so that's a good way to cover yourself. And it'll also ensure that people remember you a little bit more as well, I suppose. And, Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah. And, 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 and when people actually do start to receive emails from you, um, one of the things that you, you've talked about in the past is that um, it seems to be an era where people are responding less and less 
to ele- electronic communication. Um, how do you ensure that your emails are read and people actually remember you? So it depends on which type of email we're talking about here, because if we're talking about some kind of email newsletter or tips, for example, I send out quick tips from Marketing Mentor on a, uh, a bi-weekly basis, and really, I don't care if people don't read it from time to time or every time because the most important thing is that they know I will stay in touch with them, that they know they will be getting it even if they delete it, if they'll get it again. And it's just my way of saying, hey, I'm still here and I'm ready when you are. So from that point of view, I think it's okay if people don't read it. Um, of course, you want them to and you want to create good content so that they do, but there's just this avalanche of email every single day and it's not getting any better. And yet at the same time, email marketing is the most effective online tool in my personal opinion and my experience. So it's important to know how to do it right. And when we're talking about one-on-one email, one of the tricks I've found is number one, Don't assume because someone doesn't respond that they didn't get it. And follow up a second time. I like to say that two is the new one. Maybe even three is the new one, meaning that you really do have to follow up, sometimes in a different medium also, to let them know you're serious, you want an answer, are you still there, did you get it, and that's what triggers a response. Okay. And um, a little tip for following up. I'm not sure if you use this tool at all, but um, um, I use Gmail and I use a little tool in it, um, added on to Gmail called Boomerang. And um, so if someone says to me, um, give, give, you know, f- follow up in two months time. And um, it's, it's so easy uh, unless you actually physically write it down and remind yourself um, to forget about that. So this little tool actually will send me an email saying, you know, two months has passed and this person wants you to get back to them. Um, so that, that, that's something that I've, I've found useful. I'm not, I'm not sure if you use tools like that yourself. I am not familiar with Boomerang. Uh, There are lots of um, customer relationship management tools that uh, people I know and work with use, and I think those are very important tools. I personally just use my Google Calendar, and I have a certain time every day or every week where I'm following up with people, and I just put it in the little description box who I'm supposed to follow up with on what day. Okay, and um, you also talked about uh, doing it right. Um, So doing it right, does that involve um, sending a newsletter every week? um, Or is there a certain style of email to send? And if so, um, how often should you actually keep in contact with your subscribers? I would say the, the best frequency is monthly and the minimum is quarterly. Right, okay. And do you think that if you are just keeping in touch with people quarterly, then um, people will still remember you. Is, is, is that really enough? Uh, I don't think it's enough, but some people are too busy to do it more than quarterly. So I like to say that quarterly is definitely better than nothing. Right. No, that's that's fair enough. Absolutely. Because I, I guess a lot of companies will, uh, or, or, or probably solopreneurs will build up their database and think it's a great thing to do and then be busy, busy, focusing on other things within their business and then months, perhaps even a year can go by and they'll then send out a a newsletter or some kind of email shot and then people will forget about them and suddenly click spam or unsubscribe and that's not what you want to happen, of course. 
Right. Although I also do see people who get into that situation and they haven't sent something out in a long time and they feel so bad that they don't send anything out again or feel like they don't know how to adjust for what has happened. And so I really do think you can you know, say you haven't heard from me in a while, but here I am and here's what's going on, you know, not to use the the lack of effort as an excuse not to continue. Oh, okay, that's that's a good tip. So you can recover from that kind of situation. Just because um, you haven't communicated with someone for a year doesn't mean necessarily that they're still not interested in what you do as a business. Absolutely. And you can even call it an occasional newsletter. So that way you're not committed to and imagining that people sitting there waiting for it. Okay, great. Okay, so you reckon that um, building that newsletter or building that list is probably um, one of the initial things that um, a business person should be doing. Um, Can you talk about perhaps um, one or two other marketing activities that they should think of doing after that? Yes, so we talked about building the list, doing networking online and off, which includes LinkedIn. Your website, of course, is an important marketing tool, and I like to talk about them as marketing smart websites, which speak directly to your target market, the people ideally you are trying to reach, and lets them let them know that you understand their situation and that you can help them. Uh, another tool that I really like is called warm email prospecting. And this is essentially direct outreach through email where you do a little research on LinkedIn usually to find out something about your prospect that you've chosen such that you can send them a message that they will respond to. That works really well when you have a targeted market and you need work and you don't know where to turn, you can literally reach out to your prospects. Because I think one of the things that happens is that people think of marketing to the world in general, and they don't realize that it's the relationships that are important. And if you need projects, if you need clients, then you have to focus on the relationships, not on your website, improving your website. And do you think um, those relationships ideally just have to be built person to person or over the phone? Or do you think those relationships can be nurtured quite well over email and other um, e-forms such as social media as well? Absolutely. I think that content marketing, which is growing every day, is one of the tools that people are using to uh, help their prospects understand who they are, what they offer, how they can help, what they know, such that when people are ready and they come to you, they already feel like they know you. So yes, it doesn't have to be the direct, but that is quicker, actually, and you have more control over it when you do it that way. So are you also a fan of um, building up your ideal buyer persona? And um, kind of writing a, a list of, of ideally what's um, um, your, 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 your ideal target's customer is exactly like, you know, from their, their age, even um, write a name for them and um, what they do. Um, do. Do you think it's worthwhile for a freelancer to do that kind of thing? Absolutely. And the important elements of that are less the demographics and more the typical things that your ideal client says to you. So for example, for myself, and I had a call with someone today who said this exactly to me, and I told her she was my ideal client. She said, I've been in business a while. 
I'm doing just fine. I've got a lot of work, but it's not exactly the work I want. And it's time to take it up a notch and go get the work I want. That is my ideal client. When I hear that idea or that phrase, then I know I'm talking to someone. So that's what you have to figure out. What are those things that your ideal client says that makes it clear that they're ready to work with you and that you're a good fit? And is it important to have a suite of different services where you can actually um, let someone um, join you um, by purchasing something which is perhaps low value initially and um, um, not a difficult decision to make to purchase? Or um, when you're a a freelancer or solopreneur, um, do you just um, sell on a consultative basis and um, um, base your offering... uh, upon what they're actually looking for? I think I've been working with clients a lot lately on essentially packaging their services and creating three tiers of packages that they can offer their clients so that the people who want to dip their toe in can start with something small and the people who want the best of what's available, can buy the premium package, and usually people are somewhere in between, but certainly giving them options is ideal as opposed to, here's how I could work with you, take it or leave it, essentially. That's um that's a great tip there because um um it it lets someone explore what you do without feeling a little bit pressurized into um not knowing how much money money it'll cost them really. Absolutely, and that also begs the question about whether or not one should put prices on their website, which I don't think there's necessarily a right or wrong about it. But when people ask me, I tell them if you're trying to weed out prospects and not waste your time with tire kickers then you should definitely put prices or at least ranges on your website lovely okay well let's segue into the second section of our discussions that focuses more on your thoughts on where digital marketing has been and where it's heading so starting off with software i couldn't live without what software do you currently use in your own business that if someone took away from you it would significantly impact your marketing success I think more and more it's Skype, actually, Mm. because I'm using the phone less and less and I'm working more and more with people around the world and Skype just makes it so easy. Are you using Google Hangouts at all yet? Here and there, but not too much. Everybody seems to be much more comfortable with Skype. Yes, you know, I asked you that because um, I've um, I've tested using Google Hangouts a little bit, and, I, and I'm possibly moving towards recording videos at the same time um, for this podcast. So we'll see how that evolves over the next um, couple of months or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, here's a slightly more challenging question: What soft software don't you use, but you've heard good things about, and you've meant to try at some point in the near future? Well, this is kind of uh, an answer to this question. Everyone I know raves about Evernote. (laughs) And I tried Evernote for a little while, and it was okay, but I dropped it because I just didn't see how it was adding to or improving on the system I already had using, you know, Word documents and folders and all of that. And I just couldn't add one more organizational tool to my arsenal. I've tried it as well, but um, I haven't got um, got really into it either. But um, 
um, perhaps um, some point in the future might give it another go. But uh, yeah, interesting you say that. But um, moving on to... I wish I would have. I'd like to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? Uh, it took me a while. I, I do, I'm not an early adopter, and so it definitely took me a while to even get online in the first place. I was very happy with my local market and the way I was working. Um, but then someone asked me to write a book actually called Self-Promotion Online, and I thought, all right, I guess I'm going to have to learn because I knew about, a bit about self-promotion. I just didn't know much about the online piece. So really, you know, even starting with email or actually I remember when I first started my newsletter, I sent it out from my local email client and gave a virus to all of my recipients. <laughs> That's a really bad thing to do. Ouch. Okay. Um, but um, obviously now you're not using your local email client at all. You've got... Um, um, do you mind sharing what uh, email software you actually use at the moment? Not at all. I use myemma.com. Okay, interesting. I'm not sure if I've heard of that one, actually. Is that, um, um, it's not a self-hosted option, is it? It's actually a, a service, I presume. That's right. It's like MailChimp and uh, Vertical Response and Constant Contact, but it's targeted to the creative world, which is where a lot of my clients are. So that's one that I've developed a partnership with, and it works really nicely for me. Interesting. Okay, well, I'm moving on to the this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut reaction here. So ready to go? Yes. Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Audio. Affiliates or display advertising? Affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? Mm, Facebook. Online press releases or one-on-one -on -one relations? One-on-one -on -one relations. Paid search or SEO? SEO. Email contact form or telephone number? Mm, telephone number. Website or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? I'm not sure what you mean. Um, would you prefer a Twitter follower or someone to subscribe to your email list? Oh, email. And local marketing or global marketing? Global. Yay! That seemed to be too easy. No, uh, no struggles with any of those at all. <laughs> well, I guess the only question in my mind had to do with Facebook or Google Plus because I don't spend a lot of time on either of them. But if I had to choose, I would choose Facebook. Right, okay. The $10,000 question. And if I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure its success? Well, I'm building my e-commerce system and my online store where I sell marketing tools. And so I would use that money and more, ideally, to take my uh, e-commerce system up to the next level and the success would be measured by not only increased sales, but um, less abandoned shopping carts and uh, easier way to deal with the online store and allowing someone else to do it for me. And um, are those the kind of metrics that you keep an eye on on a regular basis at the moment um, yourself for, for, for your own website or are there other metrics that you keep an eye on? 
Yes. Uh, those are the web, the metrics that I keep an eye on. I also keep an eye on my podcast downloads because I also have a podcast stream and I interview clients and other people kind of practicing what I preach. And that seems to be very popular. So I track that. My number one takeaway. Well, Elise, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? I'll go back to the idea of planning and making a commitment to uh, a target market and a few marketing tools, not trying to do everything so that what you have is manageable and easy to do so you can do it every day. Okay, so great. So focus um, and um, just don't get distracted by those bright, shiny things somewhere else. Exactly. Lovely. Okay, well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time, your focus and your advice. So what's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? So they should go to marketing-mentor.com and especially sign up for my quick tips from Marketing Mentor. Lovely. Okay, well, thanks again, Elise. Thank you, David. Did you know Did you